Released on Sunday, November 16th, 2014, This Agile Life, Episode 66, Stand-Ups. Our sponsor tonight is CodeShip. CodeShip is continuous delivery made simple. Try CodeShip for free. Setup only takes three minutes at CodeShip.io. The software industry transforms more and more every day. Agile methods are quickly replacing traditional ones. The question is, are you agile enough? This podcast is devoted to agile and lean software development. Time to welcome your agile coaches on This Agile Life. Hello, everyone. I'm the host of This Agile Life, John Sextro. I'm on a solo mission today. I'm all by myself recording This Agile Life. This week, uh, I've experienced an extra large dose of life. Life happens, and sometimes it's hard to get the, the whole crew together to do a recording. So I'm going to try and do a solo recording and uh, put that out there for everyone so we can kind of keep the flow going. I don't like to have us miss too many weeks in a row, and uh, we missed last week also because of those life events that just keep happening. So I want to try and put this one out there and, and keep the mojo, get the mojo rolling again. I also want to let everybody know that I've recently sent out another round of emails to some of our listeners, as many of you maybe already know, hopefully already know. I've started a campaign where I'm trying to get to know more about you personally. If you've signed yourself up for our email list on thisagilelife.com, then I'm going through that list and I will eventually get to you. And I contacted another 11 people this week. I only heard back from one. Thanks, Rob Park, for emailing back and believing that it was actually me sending out those emails and not some robot somewhere. So please look out for those emails. I really do want to learn more about you and what you're doing and uh, get in touch with people and make a personal connection. Okay, today in this podcast episode, I'm going to talk more about stand-up meetings. I don't think in all the time we've done this Agile Life for more than two years now, since back in, in uh, mid-2012, I don't think we've talked very much at all about stand-ups on this Agile Life. So I wanted to take a moment today while I'm by myself and share some information about running an effective stand-up meeting. Nearly everyone runs stand-ups. Even teams that aren't really agile and are trying to become agile, they often run stand-up meetings. And I've seen some pretty poorly run stand-up meetings, so I wanted to share some information and ideas, uh, go over the mechanics of stand-up meetings, go over what makes a stand-up meeting effective, and share that information here today on This Agile Life. I want to start by reviewing the purpose of the stand-up meeting. The stand-up meeting is not about reporting status to management. The stand-up meeting is all about communicating as a team and then sharing your commitments in front of your teammates, um, making sure that everyone is clear about what we're planning to accomplish today, if the team has any roadblocks, 
and what we accomplished the previous day so that everyone is on the same page near the start of your day, near the beginning of your work day, and is everyone stepping off on the, on the same foot with the same cadence marching towards similar direction, mar- marching towards the goals uh, for the project. So that's our purpose. I think a lot of people in areas have different understandings of what the stand-up is supposed to be. Sometimes management has a different understanding. The individuals on the team have also their own understanding of how it's supposed to go. You as a, as a contributor on the team might have a different understanding. You as the coach on the team might have a different understanding. I believe it's very important for the team that you all have a shared understanding of what you're going to accomplish during your stand-ups, what the purpose of your stand-up is, and also the mechanics of how to run the stand-up. So it may even be worthwhile for you to take some time with your team uh, to come up with some team norms or some team rules for running the stand-up and for how the stand-up will be executed going forward. And I'm going to offer some advice and information on that throughout the rest of this podcast so that as you see fit, you can include this into your daily stand-up routine. Make sure that everyone is clear on the purpose for conducting the stand-up meeting. We don't want people to overload that, overuse it, and we certainly don't want people to simply uh, assume that everyone else understands the purpose. Now that we understand a little bit more about the purpose and can articulate that to the rest of our team, let's dive into the mechanics of the stand-up meeting. It should go without saying, but everyone stands up. Everyone. Of course, unless you have some sort of an injury or medical condition that would prevent you from doing so, everyone should be expected to stand. I've heard from people that there are often attendees, usually managers, that like to sit during the meeting. They like to come in and, and somehow assert themselves by sitting as if this says, I'm the boss and I can sit while you all stand. So without exception, everyone stands, of course, unless there's a very good reason not to stand. The other thing that I recommend is that you congregate around your work board, around your scrum board, around your Kanban board. Uh, maybe you have it as a series of cards on a tack-up board. Maybe you have a television that you stand up around that is projecting the image of your electronic board, or you have a projector projecting an image of your board. Whatever it is, it's good to stand around the board when you do your stand-up because it's a reminder to everyone of what you're working on and what you need to accomplish. Everybody can very easily see on the board where things are at and how well they're progressing. So make it a point to congregate around your work board. Also, the meeting needs to definitely last 15 minutes or less. Less being preferable, okay? One minute per person is a long time. It's a long time to talk. If you don't believe me, uh, you've never recorded yourself speaking. I've only been speaking so far for about eight minutes, 
this morning when I'm recording this podcast. If you don't think one minute is a long time to talk, pick a topic, stand up, and start talking about it in time yourself. And see how long you can keep talking about that topic without repeating yourself. One minute is a really long time. Yes, there are some people like me that are blowhards that can easily stand there and talk for 15 minutes without taking a breath. But focus everyone on one minute. We'll talk about some ways to help keep people focused on staying on time and, uh, and staying on track and keeping the stand-up meeting at 15 minutes or less. If you have a very large team of 15 people or more, it might be difficult for you to conduct a stand-up meeting in 15 minutes. I think if you have more than 15 people on a team, you need to consider, is that team too large? Uh, that's, that's quite an, a big number, much higher than I think what most people would recommend for a single team. So consider maybe breaking that team up or at least breaking up the work so that you have some uh, different work groups that are focused on various things and maybe then using like a scrum of scrums ap- approach where you send a couple of representatives from each team to roll information up and share, and then they can take information back and share it with the rest of their group. Another important item from the mechanics standpoint is to begin on time and to begin at the same time every morning. Beginning on time and beginning at the same time every morning really sets a precedent with people that you're focused on using their time effectively for the stand-up meeting. And it also makes it easy for everyone to remember every morning at 9.30 a.m., we're going to all stand up, congregate around our television, take a look at our board, and quickly go through and do our stand-up meeting. I like to choose a time that's 30 minutes to an hour after the last person on the team usually arrives. So if, if normally I can expect that my last person arrives on the team at 9 a.m., then I can safely say that we'll have our stand-up at 9.30, or even safer time to have the stand-up would be 10 a.m. That gives a factor of safety if someone is running late or they had a, their, their kid was being difficult this morning and was hard to get them out the door keeps the pressure down on that person from having to race into work that morning. The other thing that it does is that it gives everyone a chance to get settled in and to start thinking about and beginning their work for the day. That way, they've uh, had a few minutes to reflect, a few minutes to think about, where was I yesterday? What am I going to work on today? Who am I going to pair with if we're doing pairing? What, it, what are my pair and I going to focus on and work on today? And it gives them a chance to, again, get settled in and ready then to do the stand-up meeting for that day. Okay, now that we've got a good time picked out for running our stand-up meetings, one of the questions that I get asked a lot at work and in my Agile coaching is, should we walk the board? I hear some teams say, well, we walk the board on Thursdays, or, well, we walk the board every day. And here's my advice to you. If your team's focused on the right things, then you will always be walking the board. But you're not going to stand there and walk the board 
in the way that the people that I'm referring to, what they mean when they say walking the board. What they mean is going from column to column in the board and saying, this story, what's the status? This story, what's the status? I don't really like that because that's a person asserting themselves as the authority on the team and asking each individual, what's your status? What's your status? Why is this still here? So what I'd rather have is this occurring naturally by each individual on the team, of course, talking about what they are working on. And if your team's focused on doing things right and working on the right stuff, then they will naturally address all of the items that are on your work board And it won't be necessary for you to go through this regimented process of walking the board as I mentioned it and as I described it. If you have a problem where there are stories that are on the board that are not being addressed, then that is a problem. The problem is that you have stories that are in progress but that no one is working on. So you need to focus and limit your work in progress so that stories are getting worked to completion. If stories are being abandoned or if work is stopping on a particular story for an extended period of time without being marked as a blocker and without being addressed in your stand-up meeting, that's a red flag and that's a story that you need to address. And furthermore, it's a problem that you need to address on the team. You should be able to talk and discuss all of the stories that are on your work board without having to do this regimented walking of the board. One of the next questions that I get regularly is, what order should we go around the team as we're doing the stand-up meeting? My advice is to mix it up. Don't go in a predictable pattern because following a predictable pattern puts people on the team to sleep. And what I mean by that is, if you have seven people on a team and everyone is standing in a horseshoe and you start at the north end of the horseshoe and you end at the south end of the horseshoe every time, the folks that are at the end of that horseshoe, at the southern end of the horseshoe, will tend to fall asleep, not physically, but they will turn off a little bit while the folks leading up to them are giving their... Uh, are, are speaking and communicating. They'll, fall, they'll, they'll lose interest, right? They'll only perk up with interest when they know that it's getting close to them and that it's going to be their turn. What I like to do is to mix it up, keep everybody on their toes, go in some random order. And uh, I have some advice for how to do that. One of the things that we do and have done in the past is use some sort of a little toy. Maybe it's a rubber ball Maybe it's a little mascot representing your team. Um, Maybe it's some just other thing, random thing that somebody got it at a festival and they decided, I'm going to bring this in. It'll be a fun thing to have in the team room. And you use that and you can pass it around and let everyone just sort of randomly pass it to the next person on the team. And that keeps everybody on their toes. They know at any time that toy can come in their direction, that little tchotchke can come to them and that it's going to then be their turn. So this helps everyone um, stay on their toes and keeps everyone engaged, listening, watching the person that's speaking 
<clears throat> without them going to sleep on you. Okay, another thing that I see regularly happening on teams as well is a lot of questioning tends to happen. Questioning in general is a good thing because it promotes a discussion. However, in the context of our daily stand-up meeting, the questions often come off as, I'm asking you a question because I'm superior to you and I'm asserting myself by saying, you need to provide me with additional information. Even if that's not the case, in the line of questioning that is occurring during the stand-up meeting, what happens is it takes us down a rabbit hole that we don't really want to get into in the stand-up meeting. So I think in general, you should avoid questions. If you hear someone mention something during the stand-up that you would like more information about, then what you should do is mention to that person, hey, that sounds interesting, or hey, I've got a question about that. I'd like to find out more, and can I speak with you briefly after our stand-up meeting? And then just let it go. And then when the stand-up meeting is over, you can say, I'm going to talk to Joe or whoever you the person was on the team about this particular item that he mentioned. If anybody else wants to hang out and hear more about it, please feel free to. We're going to stand here and talk about it for a few minutes. And that's a great way to avoid slowing down the stand-up, but that still gives you the ability to get the information that you want and that you need to do your job. Okay, now that we've talked a little bit about the mechanics for doing a stand-up meeting, I'd like to talk further about each individual's role uh, in representing their information during the stand-up meeting. At this point, you're communicating and sharing information about what you've done, and then you're going to make a commitment to the team for the day as to what you want to accomplish and what you need to accomplish today. One of the things that I recommend to people when they're, when they're starting with stand-ups is to take a few minutes before the stand-up to relax yourself, to refresh your memory, and to focus on your accomplishments. Sometimes that means people make a few notes on a, on a sticky note. Sometimes that just means looking back at the work board and refreshing your memory about what you did yesterday. For some people, that might mean going through your commit log that you accomplished the day before, or maybe even looking back at your calendar to help refresh your memory about how the day went. Whatever that is, it's important to bring that information to the top of your mind so that you're prepared when it's your turn to speak in the stand-up meeting. I know personally, if I haven't done that for 30 seconds, just a brief 30 seconds of scanning through my calendar, looking at the commits that I made the day before, I will often freeze in the moment and forget something key that I really wanted to communicate to the team. So do this as a favor to yourself. Just take 30 seconds, refresh your memory right before the stand-up begins. And then when we're going around, most people typically will ask you to answer three questions. The way I like to do them, the way I provide mine is, here's what I did yesterday. Here are the things that I accomplished. Here's what I'm uh, committing 
to accomplish today and how I'm going to go about that. And if I have any blockers, then I wrap up with what my blockers are and what we need to do to clear those blockers. The other thing that I think is important and that I'll mention here is that if you're going to be out of the office or um, maybe you're going to be away from the project for a period of time, maybe you have to go help another project for a while, or you have a doctor's appointment tomorrow afternoon, whatever that is, I think that's also worth briefly mentioning to the team. It's important information about your availability, and it keys in on uh, how you will be able to accomplish or maybe not able to accomplish some of the things that the team would hope that you'd be able to accomplish that day. Okay, when you're giving your accomplishments, there's a couple of key pieces of information that I think are critical for considering what is an accomplishment. Let me start off with one thing that is not an accomplishment. Attending a meeting is not an accomplishment. That's akin to someone saying, I sat in front of my computer for four hours yesterday. That's also not an accomplishment. You need to share what are the things that were accomplished via that meeting and via your attendance and or participation in that meeting. Now, I know what you're saying. We all have those meetings that we have to go to. Uh, Management requires it. It's a compliance thing. I have to go to this meeting. Those are things that we all deal with in life. They're things that we have to do that don't provide us with a high level of value. But don't mention those things. We don't care if you had to go to some meeting that had nothing to do with the project that your manager required you to attend that bears no weight and has no information valuable to the project. So don't bring it up. Don't mention it. What you should focus on are the meetings and the accomplishments that come out of the meetings that are valuable to the project. If you attended a meeting, what was your part in the meeting? And what was the accomplishment that is worth sharing as an accomplishment for yourself for the previous day? If you can't think of an accomplishment for the meeting that you attended, then you need to consider, why did I attend that meeting? And should I attend meetings like that in the future? One of the exercises that I like to use as I'm determining throughout the day whether or not meetings are important for me to attend is to do a little time travel in my mind where I say to myself, what is this meeting about? Hopefully the meeting has an agenda so I have a pretty good idea about what is going to be discussed and accomplished during that meeting. And then I can decide, is my participation in this meeting and the accomplishments that will occur in this meeting valuable enough that I can mention it at tomorrow's stand-up meeting. And if it's not, then I have to really consider, is it worth my attending the meeting? And if it's not, I'll skip it. And I'll do something that's more valuable to my team, to the project. That's much more valuable for the project for the company and for the team than for me to attend a meeting that I've been invited to 
where I'll sit there for an hour or longer and, and not provide any value to anyone. So think hard about meetings and try to pare them down as much as possible. I hate all meetings, even ones that do have accomplishments. I wish I lived in a world where we could somehow find a way to end all meetings and just give people the responsibility and the power to make the decisions they need to make to move forward on the jobs that they need to do without having to convene a group of people. So that's my rant on meetings. And what I wanted to just make very clear is that we need to focus ourselves on accomplishments and not activities. And if every day you focus on accomplishments and not activities, you will find that you're one of the more productive members of the team. And that will be good for you and that will be good for the team. Focus on accomplishments. There's always going to be times when something happens and you weren't able to accomplish what you committed to accomplish the day before. What do you do then? What you should do is be honest. Tell the team that I was unable to accomplish what I committed to yesterday and explain if there were extenuating circumstances why that was. And then for that day, redouble your commitment to the team and say, today I'm going to complete what I was unable to accomplish yesterday. You have to be careful. You don't want this to occur. You don't want this to become a pattern. If it does become a pattern, you're going to need to figure out why are you unable to accomplish what you're committing to. Maybe the story is larger than you initially anticipated when you began. If that's the case, it's worth having a discussion with the team about that story and discussing ways to break it down into smaller pieces so that you can get an accomplishment under your belt and maybe get some help with some of the other work that needs to be done to accomplish that story. When it comes time for you to make your commitment, this is maybe the most important uh, part of, of the stand-up meeting from the team's perspective and from your perspective as well. You're standing there in front of your peers and your team and you're telling your team, hey team, listen, we're on an important project and today my commitment to the team is to advance this project by doing this and detailing what it is you're going to do. The hope there is that what that's instilling in you is a feeling of, as a member of this team, it's important that I accomplish this particular aspect of the work that we're doing to advance the state of our project, and I'm going to commit myself to that. I've stood here, I've made that commitment, and I don't want to let my team down. And that's also explaining to the team and showing the team that you are valuable to the team, that you're a working, participating member of the team, and it helps build a sense of, gives everyone a sense of we're all working towards the same shared goal. And you can ask for help from the team, and, every, and people will say, I know that you're, you need to complete this today. It's part of your accomplishment for the day. <clears throat> I've already accomplished what I need to, to do for the day, so I will help you 
I'll help you accomplish what it is that you need to do because we are all one team working towards the same goal. So here are some examples of how you might make your commitment in front of your team in the, uh, at your stand-up meeting. You may say something like, today I will complete the story that I pulled last evening. Or today I will assist with the grooming of the backlog. Or today I will help Amos complete the updates to our wiki page cataloging our client API. Or today Craig and I are going to pair on the story that Craig pulled yesterday while working with Lee in hopes to complete that story today. These are things that are commitments. They do involve activities. They involve working on certain aspects of the project, grooming of the backlog, updating the wiki. Those are activities, but there's an accomplishment there. There's the fact that at the end of that, the backlog will be better groomed, that the wiki will be updated. So there's, there's an accomplishment that we're focusing on that, of course, is tied and facilitated by taking some sort of activity. When you're making your commitments, I think it's important for you to be very realistic with what it is you're committing to. You don't want to regularly overcommit yourself in a way that requires you to then the next day explain, here's why I was unable to complete what it was that I committed to. I think that sends a bad message to your team, and people will start to see that you're overcommitting. Or, worse than that, they won't recognize it as an overcommitment. What they'll think is that you're not pulling your weight. So you maybe even want to be a little bit pessimistic or at the very least, very realistic in what you can accomplish that day. And if you accomplish more, that's great. You take credit for that at the, days, at the next day's stand-up when you give your accomplishments. You can be clear and say, I accomplished what I committed to and was also able to make and provide even more value to the team by accomplishing this or beginning work on this. That's how you build a, a pattern of success. And then that makes you feel good because you've set a goal, you've met the goal. If you keep setting goals that are unrealistic, that makes you feel bad because you don't accomplish those goals. There's a lot more to be said for setting attainable goals on a daily basis and then accomplishing them than trying to overcommit to perform a miracle. Be realistic with yourself. Okay, we've covered yesterday's accomplishments, today's commitments, and what's left is if you have any blockers. There's a couple of, pe there's a couple of key pieces of information that you want to share regarding a blocker. First, what is it? And what is it blocking? Maybe you have a story that's blocked because you're waiting on getting a new user ID and password to connect to this external service. Okay, now I know why it's blocked, what's blocking it. You need the user ID, and you can say it's, you know, this story is blocked. 
by this. The next thing we need to know is who can help clear the block? Because then maybe someone can help expedite the process for getting that blocker cleared. Usually on the team, you might have a scrum master or someone who can intervene and help remove blockers. So make it clear as to who can help you remove that block. And if you don't know what the next action is to help remove that blocker, it's important to mention that this is blocked. I don't know how to get it unblocked. And then ask for help. Ask to talk more about the blocker at the end of the meeting so that you can get some help. The team can come together and help figure out how do we remove the blocker? What can we do? What needs to happen? Who do we need to get involved? Always escalate as soon as you have blockers. Don't necessarily wait until the stand-up meeting to bring up blockers. If you have a blocker near the middle or the end of your day, it's a good idea to bring that up to the team as soon as possible rather than just waiting to bring it up at the stand-up meeting the next day. Now you'll be able to more effectively participate and conduct a stand-up meeting on your team. Hey guys, here's an idea. Why not check out our sponsor, CodeShip? CodeShip is so simple to use. You can get your project set up and building on CodeShip in as little as three minutes. If you're not using CodeShip, then you're spending more time on continuous delivery than necessary. Our good friends at CodeShip won't even ask you for a credit card to get you started. I know, I've done it. What are you waiting for? Maybe you're worried that you'll run into a problem or you'll have trouble getting started. Fear not. If you need help getting started, you'll find all the help you need on the CodeShip blog at blog.codeship.io. Plus, their blog has tons of interesting and helpful posts and videos to help you elevate your continuous delivery. If all else fails, the good people at CodeShip are easy to reach and they are always happy to help. Few things in life are easy, but this is one of them. Let CodeShip make continuous delivery simple for you. Go and visit codeship.io slash thisagilelife and use the offer code thisagilelife when you sign up and you'll receive a 20% discount for three months on any paid plan. Thanks to CodeShip for sponsoring This Agile Life. ThisAgileLife.com What I'd like to do next with you is share some pro tips, what I call pro tips. Some things that I have learned and I'm using now on my teams to make them, to make the stand-up meetings even more effective and uh, maybe even a little more fun for everyone. One of the things that I like to do is rotate the responsibility for who will kick off the stand-up meeting. This plays back into the whole team approach, and it makes the team better with self-organization. This is one particular case where the team can very easily self-organize themselves. They don't need a scrum master or an agile coach to be there every morning at 10 a.m. to say, team, let's, stand, let's do our stand-up. Anybody can do that. You should make it clear to, any, to everyone on the team that anyone can do that. Tell everyone, hey guys, hey team, when it's time to do our stand-up, whoever recognizes that it's time, let's get us going. Please take the lead. 
Maybe you even rotate the responsibility on your team. If you do, be sure that when the time arrives for the stand-up meeting, that you don't get in the way of kicking off the stand-up meeting. On my team, we rotate the responsibility of kicking it off, and I will just simply stand up, uh, stand around the work board, stand there quietly and wait for the the stand-up meeting to begin. If you have a type A personality, that may be difficult for you. I certainly feel that way at times, but I will just stand there quietly until other people recognize that, oh, yeah, it's time for the stand-up meeting. It might take them 30 seconds to notice, and then everybody stands up. It's also convenient to have a sound, an alarm, a something that, that everyone has. Of course, a calendar invite is, is maybe the best way to do it to remind everyone that it's stand-up time. Used to have a team that uh, on their work board, they had a sound that would play one minute before the stand-up meeting time every morning. And that would kind of just announce to everyone, hey, it's time to stand up, walk over to the work board, walk over to the TV, and get ready to start doing the stand-up meeting. One of the things that happens oftentimes in the stand-up is that whoever starts the stand-up, especially if that's the scrum master or the agile coach, if they're kicking the meeting off, a lot of times what naturally happens is everyone then looks at that person when they're speaking. One of the things that I always try to do during a stand-up meeting is move my gaze around the around the horseshoe or around the circle so that I'm talking to everyone because I am talking to everyone. I'm not talking to a single individual. Of course, if I am mentioning something about a single individual, I will look at that individual. But normally when we're speaking in this way, we're sharing information for the benefit of everyone. And looking at one individual conveys the notion that that individual is the most important person on the team and the person that I am reporting to, reporting a status to, and that's not what we're doing. We're conducting the stand-up meeting to share information, to communicate to everyone on the team, and to share our commitment in front of everyone on the team. A good friend of mine, Jim Kaklik, he recently recommended to me that if this is occurring on a team, that one thing that the person can do that's kicking off the stand-up meeting is to step back. Step back from the circle, step back from the horseshoe, or even maybe kind of pan around behind everyone so that you're not in the direct field of that person's view. And it forces that person to look somewhere else. If you're looking at the workboard, that's great. If everyone is looking at the workboard, that's great. But we just want to make it clear that we're not all focusing our attention on one supreme person on the team. So be sure to take some advice here. Focus everyone's attention to the workboard and focus everyone's attention to sharing information with the team and not directing that at a single person. Okay, I kind of already gave gave away my next pro tip here, and that's using like a little plastic toy as the team mascot and letting everyone pass it around like a hot potato, and the person holding the toy is the one to speak next. So I'll say it again. Use that as a, as a way to keep people on their toes during the stand-up meeting. 
Here's another one. Make it a team norm or a stand-up rule that anyone on the team can suggest that we quickly end a discussion or a line of questioning that's taking too long and take it offline. Or a better way to say that maybe is, hey, let's discuss this further after the stand-up. It's important. We want to hear what you have to say. We want to give you answers to the questions that you have, but we need to stay focused during the stand-up. Let's move this to after the stand-up. In the stand-up, we want to prefer speed to verboseness. So any additional communication, sharing of information that needs to occur, let's focus on taking that to some point in time immediately after the stand-up. And it's a fine line. What's too much? What's the right amount? You guys will have to decide for yourselves. But again, you want to focus on keeping your stand-up to less than 15 minutes. When you do suggest that a particular discussion topic be discussed further after the stand-up, you want to make sure that you invite anyone else to participate in that conversation. Anyone else that was in the stand-up, even not in the stand-up, is, in, is invited to stay, stick around, listen in and participate in that conversation. Okay, if you have people that are arriving late for a stand-up meeting, that's maybe one of the most common complaints I get from teams today is, you know, Bob's always late to our stand-up or Sally is always late to the stand-up. I have a simple thing that I've seen teams use. This is not my idea. I got it from another friend of mine, Natalie Simonson. She, on her teams, was asking people to sing the national anthem if they arrived late to the stand-up meeting. So, uh, unless you have a team full of aspiring um, rock stars or uh, aspiring singers, most people are going to want to get to the stand-up meeting on time. They're not going to want to have to stand there and sing the national anthem for everyone. Here's another tip. Be wary of people providing the same update day after day. You should look for these patterns as a coach, as a member of the team. It's everyone's responsibility to look for these patterns. Those patterns of the same update day after day are indicative that there's a problem. There may be a blocker. The story may be too big. Whatever it is, there's something wrong. And the team needs to address it. The team needs to address it. I'm not saying that the coach needs to address it or that the scrum master needs to address it. Leveraging self-organization, leveraging the whole team approach, it's the team's responsibility to assess this and to address it. Keep your ears open for it, and if you notice it, bring it up. If you notice that there's an update that's happening day after day, bring it up in the stand-up, say, that's come up a couple of times in a row now. I think after the meeting today, we should spend a few minutes talking about what's going on with that story, why it's taken so long, and what we as a team can do to advance it. Here's my last tip for you. If you're having problems with people not paying attention during the stand-up, or 
even if you're not having problems with that, you can use this. I changed my mind. You can use this no matter what. So here's what it is. At the end of each stand-up meeting, ask a random person to summarize the team's accomplishments and commitments for that day and just write them down briefly on a three by five card. I'm sure you have a bunch of those around and stick it up near your work board. On my team, we currently have a stack of these cards that we've collected from the days of doing this day after day after day of summarizing what we're going to accomplish and what we accomplished the day before. Of course, everyone on the team knows that someone at the end of the stand-up is going to have to do this. So everyone is very engaged. Everyone is very uh, focused on participating and listening and hearing what everyone else on the team has to say and is going to communicate today about the project. I think that's a good one. Some people may see it as uh, extreme overkill, but it's a fun thing to do. And it's fun to look at those the next day and and see how well did we do? How well as a team did we do to accomplish this? Not just from my perspective as a coach or scrum master, but just as a participant on the team to keep track of, oh, look, over the past couple of days, look at all the great stuff that we've accomplished. If, if you have to somehow roll any of this information up to management, these are great as well because you can go back into them and, and pull out some really key accomplishments that the team has, has done and and share those in your, in your rolled-up summary to management or to leadership. I would love to hear your thoughts about stand-up meetings, and if you think that there are other ways to do things better, if you have any other pro tips that we can share, please send me a tweet at This Agile Life. We'd love to hear them and discuss them more with you on Twitter and share that information with our community. This week's Hottest Picks. Okay, this is the point in the show where we normally provide our picks. But since it's just me, I thought it would be kind of boring if I just give a pick. So instead, what I was hoping we could do is ask you to share a pick with us. Go out to Twitter, send us a tweet at This Agile Life, and use the hashtag pick, and tell us what you'd like to share with the community as a pick. And I'll be sure to retweet your tweet so that everyone who follows This Agile Life has the chance to benefit from your pick. All right, that's all the time we have today. Remember to check out thisagilelife.com and to sign up out there for our email list where we'll immediately send you our top 10 Agile resources uh, that we've found useful. And then that will help me connect with you one-on-one via email down the road. You can send us email. You can send email to the show by sending an email to john at thisagilelife.com. And you can go out to thisagilelife.com to find our show notes and all of our past episodes. Thanks for listening and keep living this agile life. This Agile Life is brought to you by a community of agile developers and coaches aspiring to spread the word about this groundbreaking approach to software development. Join us at thisagilelife.com forward slash community.